You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. I believe where we, where we are now, where we started off, what we mentioned in the first service, that's not where we're supposed to stay. There's a, there's a, there's a height we're supposed to write. It's not just about sorting out your personal needs and your personal context. There's a, yeah, there's a lot more that needs to be done. Amen. And that's what, we, that's what we're talking about this morning. I guess it's to inspire us to greatness and really take hold and take charge and deliver this generation. Amen. So turn with me very, very quickly to First uh, Samuel chapter 17. Just going to quickly look at one or two things from verse 32. So 1 Samuel 17 from verse 32, we were speaking this morning about, about the strong man over our families and over our lives and the importance of defeating that and even how to defeat that. So let's just, let's just do a quick run over from verse 32, 1 Samuel chapter 17, 32. This is David about to take on Goliath and David says to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David is is at a completely different level to everyone else around him. In fact, to all all the warriors and everyone of his nation. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. So we were saying there that it doesn't matter the physical circumstances. Oh, let me not say that because we always, we always say we should know that by now. They're not physical circumstances, but what matters is, is what's on the inside. Amen. Amen. That's how you win battles. Yes. It's how you win battles. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with your, and we'll, we'll see maybe in a moment, your, your background, your resources, your context, your connect. It it's really is irrelevant. There's something, it's, it's God, the God in you. He went, David didn't go with anything. I mean, he went with a couple of stones and a, and a, and a staff. He said, you know what? I come before you in the name of the Lord of hosts. That's what it is. I come before you based on covenant. I come before you because of who lives inside me. That's what it is. The material stuff, there was nothing material at half the giant's height which could defeat him. You know, the giant's sitting at a basketball, a basketball hoop size and, J- and, and David is somewhere below that. There was nothing he could have had that could have defeated him in the natural. But he had God and he knew what he had. And that's what it took to defeat him. And that's what it's going to take to break through whatever ceiling is above us, over us, around us, that we need to move through so we can start becoming even more relevant. Break through what we need to to sort out our personal context, but moving on to impact our generation, our communities, those around us, cities we need to be taking those things someone's going to take them and i guess someone's busy taking them already we need to take them amen Amen. okay we're going to be talking about delivering an entire generation this morning so verse 30 that was 33 verse 34 david said to saul your servant used to keep his father's sheep and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock i went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth so david was now telling saul listen I've, I've done some big things. I've done some, I guess, supernatural things before. I've dealt with lions. I've dealt with bears, which no human being in their natural ability could do. You know, a bear, Pastor Eric mentioned the other day, strong enough to destroy a car. Just rip the thing apart. And sh- now, you can imagine a human being going against a bear. You know, it's not possible. So David, he's saying, listen, I've done some things. I know some principles. So fear not. <laughs> All will be well. This Philistine giant is exactly the same as one of them. He's just a bit bigger. But the same principle applies because I'm fighting with the same person inside me. I've got the same person on the inside. Amen. So that's what he was saying to reassure Saul. And what we were saying 
was a lion or a bear is essentially anything that stands against you. Amen. We, were, we spoke last week about, we spoke about three things in the, in, the, in the first service, one in the first service and two in the second. We spoke about your family context, being anointed in the midst of your family and dealing with what needs to be dealt with there. Those are lions and bears. Those are that we need a break. We need to deal with those things. Whatever lions and bears have come down generationally, the way we've lived, wh- however they've come in, that's what we need to break through first before we can become relevant. Amen. You can't go before Goliath before you've dealt with those things. Amen. You can't. There's a ceiling over your life. All of us need to. That's what we were saying in the first service. So please get the message if you can. But that's what we were saying. There's a. We need. All of us need a breakthrough first within the family context and whatever strong man is sitting there saying you know what you are going no further whatever's this family don't rise higher than this they don't they don't they don't go further in this area than this this is the this is the boundary this is the limitation that's what we need to break through that's where it starts that's the starting point of it so whether it's a lion whether it's a bear whatever it is whether it's strong whether it's loud whatever context that's what we have to break through first amen so, and we said it's probably going to have to take a bit of sweat. Amen. It's something that's not just going to, it's not going to happen by itself. Otherwise, we wouldn't need this message and the whole world would be walking in liberty. Amen. So, it's going to take some sweat. It's going to take getting onto your knees and pushing until you break through. The first, the first breakthrough is normally the most difficult. Once you've broken through there, then, it's just, then, then things just start falling. Because... Yeah, it's a, it's a new way. So keep pushing until you break through. That's when your life changes. Just get angry. This thing, there must be nothing that stands over you or your family that says no further. How dare, what right? Under whose authority? According to Colossians, all principalities and powers of beings. So there's nothing that has any right to stand over your family or your life and say no further. That thing... You must get angry and you must drive that thing. It must, you get up, it must feel that it will never come near this family again. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, we also said briefly that uh, about, about being alone, if you're alone. Because in, in, in this context, you see J- J- uh, David was in the context. He was out in the field. He was with the sheep. And that's the context where he dealt with the lion and the bear. He was alone. Possibly rejected as well, if you read a little bit further on, um, or a little bit back, and you see how he was treated. You know, family meeting, the prophet is there, and oh, 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 yeah, we've got one more son, I think. I think we're not even sure where he is. He's sort of somewhere, you know, out to the north. Can someone just go and, in fact, send one of the other servants to go and find him? I mean, that's from your parents. So I guess, you know, you could say he had problems. I mean, his older brothers certainly weren't voting for him. They were like, you know what, the prophet is here. Let's make that. The less people there are, the better, because then the more chance, you know, of us receiving. That was his family context. It was, it was rough. It, he just probably got sent out, as I say, got sent out to the field. And you know what, you must just make sure the sheep are fine and get sorted out, sort yourself out. That's really rough. But what, what we were saying was, in that first breakthrough often, whether it's loneliness, whether it's rejection, there are no friends, there are no contacts, there's no support, it's okay. In other words, it's actually better. Why? There's less distraction. Now you can put in the time to deal with that family thing. You can put in the time to sort it out and completely deal with it. Because now otherwise, you know, you're, you're sort of more established. You know, people want this. You're being called there. You're being done. Things happen. You know, the, the higher you rise, the more demand there is on you. So all I'm saying is don't be discouraged if you're looking around and saying, God, there's nothing. You actually, it's actually ideal. Because now you break through and now that's when things start changing. But things start changing and you have the capacity to carry it now. 
that's what's exciting because you've broken through something and you can never go back there's no chance. I mean, unless you step into sin or something, step back into sin. There's no way you can ever go. Once you've broken through, you're gone. And now you have the capacity to carry all of that stuff. It can't corrupt you. It won't affect you. It'll just add value. And you can also deliver your entire family. Amen. So if you're alone, it's, it, should be a, it should be looked at as an advantage. Not because you you positioned to be able to actually put in some time. You know, people, we're always saying we've never have enough time and, you know, all of that. So if you're alone figuratively speaking then that should be good the other thing we said very briefly was that time isn't a factor yeah. time isn't a factor we looked at we looked at daniel and we looked at even david in this context and we said he dealt with lion and lions and bears in the context he was in he had a full-time job and we were joking we were saying i don't know maybe it was me and bong we were sharing the joke i'm not sure but it, it was it, it, it's not a, it's not an eight to five thing you're looking after, the, the, you are done when you are done. <laughs> you are not, and if, you know, grazing is two days away or three days, whatever, you must sort it out. Yes. And especially given his family context, I don't think they would have been too understanding about, oh, you know what, the sheep couldn't feed completely today. No, you must make it work. You are, the, you are the youngest and you are maybe even the rejected. You must just make the thing work while the rest of us are, you know, prospering in our exploits. You know, that, that was, the, you know, that was, that was maybe, you don't know, we don't know. But I mean, maybe that was the attitude. So all I'm saying is time is not a factor. Amen. Time is not a factor. We have more capacity than we realize. If we're going to have to get on, if we're going to, we need to get on our knees and push in order to break. There's no other way to break through ceilings that are over us than getting on our knees. And that requires time. So it requires looking at your context and seeing how do I do this. I said that, and we said that Daniel had more responsibility than any modern day sitting president. Easily. Go read Matthew, um, Daniel chapter 6. Th that, that kingdom was global and he was just under the king. No president today comes close to the amount of responsibility he had, yet he was able to get on his knees and push through and bring, I mean, you see all those visions, all those interpretations, all those things that happened. He was able to deliver a nation because he received something. He said, I understood about in the book of Jeremiah, there was something and they were only supposed to be captive for, for 70 years. Let me start pressing in to understand this. He started pressing in after 21 days, he got an answer and there were, you know, some serious opposition because they didn't want that revelation. But in of being a very busy person he was able so what i'm saying is it must be possible it is. amen it is. even he did that under the old covenant without the holy spirit and before being born again without jesus so i guess it's possible for us to do it just needs a mindset so all i was saying is we need a push to break through and we need when you push it's whatever it takes you need to give whatever it takes but the thing is we need to understand we do have enough time the thing is that important a breakthrough is a breakthrough. It means your life changes. So it, should, it really should be the most, it should be very important. Otherwise it stays the same, I guess. Otherwise you stay where you are, which none of us want to do. So, <clears throat> and then I guess in closing, verse 35 and 36, we just were talking about David's attitude. Um, it said, he, I went out after it, either the lion or the bear, and delivered the lamb from its mouth. So I ran after the lion. I don't, you know what? You, yeah, I don't I've never seen that before. I've never heard of that before. But he ran. So if the lion's got the lamb in his mouth, it's also not a baby lion. You know, it's not, it's not just starting. So it's a, it's a, and he's running after the thing. So, yeah, anyway. So he ran. But that was the same. He, he understood who he was. That's, and he understood who was inside him. That's the truth. So in a, what, a, what we were saying is you've got to go after this thing. Yes. Whatever, whatever ceiling has been placed there, whatever God is saying, this is what you must focus on now, give it all your might. Give it everything you can to break through until this thing is broken. Yes. 
Why? Because of who's inside you. Doesn't matter how, how scary it looks. It's not scary, actually. The greater one is inside you. Amen. The same attitude we said he had to Goliath. It says, if you read this, it says he hurried to, I mean, imagine, <laughs> like he's here and, and he says he hurried, and, he, and Goliath had his armor bearer walking in front of him. So it was even two to one, just on normal circumstances. And he was running towards him with a stone and a stick. So, or let me say five stones. So maybe he was going to, I don't know, throw them at him one at a time. But he had five stones and a stick and he was running towards, he knew something. He knew, listen, I have the power to defeat this. Amen. That's how we have to approach these things. Amen. And give whatever, however much we've got to push, whatever, we, whatever it takes, that's what we've got to give. Because breakthrough will transform your life. Amen. Amen. And the very last thing, I think we're, we're in verse 36. All we said there was, um, he says, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. We said the Lord of hosts, according to verse, I think it's 45, um, yeah, the Lord of the armies of heaven, he's the one who fights with you. you know, and if you read Psalm chapter 18, you'll see that he strengthens you for battle. Whatever you're facing, you've got the, by faith, you take hold of that scripture and say, I've got the strength for it. I can do this. I can do this. So he took on, so whether it's so, in closing on that section, whether it's a lion, all we said was, whether it's a lion or whether it's a bear, whatever it is, you need to take it on. You've got to destroy this thing. You've got to break through this thing. That ceiling, you've got to move through so that your life and your family can change. We said even once you, once you break through, you can deliver your entire family because now you're above whatever that thing is. You make sense. This thing is so you've broken through. you here and now you're telling something junior to yourself. You must leave. There's no way the thing can stay around. Does it make sense? Once you've broken through, that's when you deliver your entire family. Amen. So I guess that was a fast summary. So that's just to lay a context for what we're talking about this, this second service. Um, second, cha second Samuel chapter 5. Uh, we're going to read from verse, I'll tell you now. <coughs> now, the Philistines were the primary opposition of that generation. The that I believe, just looking through scripture and you see how many battles were fought, what happened. They were the primary opposition. And, they were, and that's what I want us to get. That's the level I want us to get to. Not just, you know, dealing with something so we get our personal needs met. You understand? I'm not, I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm just trying to say there's much more than that. That's like, I mean, and if you trace David, you look, it starts in, in 1 Samuel uh, 17. And now we're in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 5. Even going up to 8, it tells you all the victories he had. Then it carries on. Even gets up to 1 Samuel 22 where it closes everything. And then it says... God gave him rest more. You, incredible battles and victories. Now, I mean, there was so much that happened. But what I'm saying is, if you look at it in the context of where did he start? That one, the lion and the bear, and then Goliath. Think about how much happened post-Goliath. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Does that make Go and read through and see how, I mean, he was taking nations. He was taking nations. All the stuff set up for the temple, all of that, iron without, without, um, that can't be measured, all of that was because of all the battles he fought. Amen. That's what happened. Pastor Eric, Pastor Eric said, I think we were, yeah, he mentioned that, that David was a billionaire. It's true. Yeah. If, you go and, if you go and calculate all that he had at that time, I mean, at a billion today, you're still thinking, oh, you know, this guy is someone. Yeah. Back, I mean, you know, you're talking like the turn of the century, a billion was a lot, or the 1950s, a billion was a lot. You know, 2,000 plus years ago, I'm not even, that was, that, that was a serious, I mean, I don't think we can quantify it. It was a lot. So they were the, they were the leading nation at the time under David because everyone was defeated. 
But anyway, so the Philistines were the main opposition of the time. So all I was saying was, we need to move, we, we have to move from just looking after my personal needs. I'm not saying anyone here is, but just get what I'm, just get my, my, my heart. We have to move, because as I say, David, w- once he sorted out the lion and the bear, and then, you know, he dealt with sort of Goliath, personal needs were sorted. Yeah, he went through a season where there was challenge and, you know, Saul and you saw him building up again. Absolutely. But within that season, that time, he dealt with every enemy he needed to from his family point of view, from his family personal to cause him to get breakthrough. And, and look how much further he went after that. So what I'm saying is the family breakthrough, this one we're talking about now, is just the initial, it's barely the tip of the iceberg. So you should be thinking, once I hit this, <laughs> like I'm actually just starting. Then I'm really stepping to battle. Then I'm going to break some things and deal with some things. Then I'm going to release resources which will fund nations, which will fund communities, cities. Then that's, that's what I'm going up against. So I left my personal stuff long behind, you know. My personal stuff is so long ago sorted, I can't even remember, you know, what, what I do or what comes in or what comes out. Because I guess there are, it gets to a point where there's so much, there are people that, you know, sort that out for me. And I just know what I need to get. And then if I tell, ask them, they can tell me how much I've got. But we've got to move to, 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 to the same battle. You see, the principles are the same. So battling to release resources now for nations and continents. That's where we, and eventually generations, liberating an entire generation. And that's hopefully what we're going to close on today. Amen. But that's, do you get what I'm saying? So that's where we have to move to. Dealing with our personal stuff, but there's so much more after that. There's so much more. And that's what we've got to press to. So 2 Samuel, <coughs> um, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. This is how it reads. Now when the Philistines, this is very interesting because David has just been anointed king. So, you know, we, we, we heard last week about, you know, fam- in the midst of the family, the anointing, then obviously tribal anointing, which comes uh, just before this, and then obviously now it's national anointing. Now, the interesting thing is the Philistines, are, okay, well, let's just read. So he's now been anointed king. He's gone and taken Jerusalem. So he has his stronghold now. He's got his base of operation, his headquarters, you yeah, know, which is quite an incredible place. So he's got that now. And now what happens? Suddenly the Philistines wake up and says, now when the Philistines heard, that they had anointed David king over, over Israel. They weren't too worried even about king over Judah. It wasn't, but king over Israel. What does it say in that trunk? All the Philistines went up in search for David. Can you imagine? All of them went up, a whole nation. I mean, I don't know how much all is, but all, I mean, <laughs> so I don't know if they all went up, but it says all, all means all. So all of them, there was a lot. I mean, so, you know, this nation that they weren't, that the, the Israelites hadn't been able to defeat until this point, all of them went up to look for one man. I must tell you something. There's obviously something about this one man. You know, he'd gone through the process. He didn't want he needed to. So now he was at a level where, you know, he was, he was worrying nations. They were like, listen, you know, this guy continues. Or if he gets to our gate, we are finished. They realized, so he, he'd gone, he'd, he'd continued rising. And now he was at a case of, if he comes knocking on our door, we're in trouble. So we have to go to him before he comes knocking on our door. Can you, but it's just interesting. David was around, and if you read, um, First uh, Samuel, I think it's 17, 18 and somewhere around there or a bit further on where st- David starts running from Saul. You'll see he goes to, he goes to Gath and then, you know, Akish, king of Gath, I think he's with him there. And, and they relate the song. They say, oh, isn't this David, you know, Saul killed his thousands. And da- so they knew who he was. What I'm saying is he wasn't an unknown person. You get me? Like those very same enemy knew, but something had changed. 
something. And I believe, obviously, it was the enemy stirring up the Philistines. The enemy knew, look, this guy has stepped into a realm now where he's going to start taking some of my territory on a serious level. So I've got to try and strike first. He saw that, that kingly anointing. As I say, what it did is it took him to a national level. So now you can start engaging on a national level or on, 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 a, on, the, na- on the level of nations. So that's why the Philistines decided to respond. Amen. So, but <clears throat> what I was saying was, the interesting thing is, if you, if you look here, you see that um, he has to fight how many f- battles against the Philistines. He keeps talking about before they are finally defeated. Most of the other nations, you read in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 8, you read there, most of them was just once. One of the others, maybe, you know, Ammon once or twice, but most of the others was just once. I mean, the people of, I think Edom was, no, Edom was lost. Who was first? Doesn't matter. Whoever was first, he just, it says he, he drew a line <laughs> and, and two of them were killed. One of them was, out of every three, two were finished, one was left alive. That was the first time he took on that nation. Finished, one go. But the Philistines keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back. There was Goliath, you know, killed their champion. By the way, you know, I guess nobody knew except David because he took five stones. Nobody else knew that there were four still waiting. You know, that's why they were so confident. And he keeps going against the Philistines. He keeps fighting. When he was raiding under Saul, before he started throwing, using him for target practice, you know, before that, it said he would go out and strike the Philistines with a mighty blow. The city of Keilah was being attacked. He struck the Philistines. These people just, you know, they continued. Because this was a serious opposition. Yeah. This opposition was standing in the, in the road between Israel fulfilling their destiny or not. All the others, of course, there were some serious guys. They needed to be defeated, but they weren't at the same level. These guys, this, the Philistines stood, if they weren't defeated, Israel couldn't fulfill their destiny. Once it got to a point where all the nations were subdued and the whole, I guess, it says in Jeremiah, um, when, when, when the prophet is, is speaking, it says, you were first among the nations. That's where Israel was. They were, the, they were the global dominating force at the time under David. There was no one else to defeat or kill. They'd finished everyone. And that finished with the Philistines. Yeah. It was almost like the last and their battle there and the Philistines came back. And if you see in this chapter as well, it says the Philistines go out, ba- ba- Valley of Rephaim, they're defeated. Philistines go out again, they're defeated. And then there was war with the Philistines again, chapter 8, they get subdued. And then still after that, there are these four, you know, four brothers that come, out, that come out against them and get defeated one at a time. And you see David's obviously quite aged. So that's why. So they said, okay, you're not coming out with us again. But... This was the generational challenge at the time. This was their challenge. Defeat the Philistines, liberate our generation. That's what it built, and that's what each of us need to do. We've got to get a fire, a passion, a zeal for that, to want to liberate our generation, to whatever, whatever is standing, because there's different things for different generations. Whatever is plaguing my generation, whatever is on top of my generation, our generation, we've got to say, I want to take that down. I want my generation to live in peace. Well, and well, maybe we'll close on that for 25 years or whatever it is. Once you've defeated everyone, there's no one else to defeat. Amen. Okay, so verse 17. <clears throat> now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up in search of David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves <clears throat> in the valley of Rephaim. Interesting enough, that word Rephaim that, uh, means giants. So they were, and then again you see, so they deployed themselves in the valley of giants. Essentially, I think what it's telling us is the Philistines are the giants of that generation. Amen? When Joshua took the land, there were some giants. 
you know, um, and sons of Anak, the Amalekites, they were there. These were the giants of this generation. These were the guys who needed to be taken down and finished. Once they were finished, the whole generation was liberated. Yeah. That's what it brought down. So they, they came into the valley of Rephaim because, as I say, they were the giants of the time. And then uh, you just read down and then you see they came once and then obviously they came twice. The interesting thing here is <coughs> in verse 17 says, When David heard that the, well, when he heard it, but when he heard that the Philistines were coming, he stepped down into the stronghold. He got down into his stronghold. Now, because he'd won, he'd fought before and there were battles, he knew what his strong. he went straight to his stronghold, he knew what his stronghold was. Amen. He'd won some battles. He'd fought some. He'd engaged some people, and he won. So he knew what his stronghold was, and that's the same for every one of us. Once we've got our first victory, once we start winning some battles, and ladies and gentlemen, each one of us is going to be winning lots of battles, and I'll show you why in a moment. And, and there's even there's even a. Um, uh, not a downside, but something we need to be aware of once we start winning a lot. So the assumption is we are going to win a lot. That's the assumption. So, you know, this is just the starting point. So he went, when he went, when he heard that the Philistines were, he went down into the stronghold because it wasn't a, a foreign place for him because he'd been there many times before. He's like, I know how to deal with this. Let me step into my place. And that's what all of us need to do. So as we start to walk with God and take on things, our stronghold, your strong, your place, how you operate, what you do, just your, it could be a, I'm not going to say it's a room, but just your, it's a place where you, where you battle from. Whatever that looks like, whatever that is for you, that place, then you, you step in, you're like, I'm in battle mode now. Now things are coming down. Now I'm going to deal with some things. And after you deal with the first one, as I say, you start, you start generating, developing your own stronghold. And you know what that is. Amen. And then from there you battle. That's where you're victorious over everything else that comes your way. So we all need to have a stronghold and develop one. And that's what, that's what David went down into. But as I say, that'll obviously develop over time. Um, <coughs> so what's the last thing I want to say? No, that's fine. I think we can move from here. But... All I want you to get, the main thing is that the Philistines were the main enemy of that generation. Amen. They had to be defeated. Amen. And they were, I mean, they were, if you look at how they lived, what they did, similar to the other nations, but they represented ungodliness. They represented pollution for that nation. I mean, for that generation. I mean, if they were able to rule, it's interesting because if, you know, they were the main enemy that Israel had to take on it's quite possible that they were the main enemy who were going to take over all of the others. Yeah. You know, is someone who's going to rule, either the Philistines, which seem to be stirred up by someone, or Israel. Now, what would have happened is pollution, spiritual pollution, let's call it or emotional or internal soulish pollution, and, and ungodliness, they would have prevailed over the world mm, yeah. if they'd risen up. Yeah. But someone, a nation, just like yeah. David stood up and took on that lion and that bear, just like he stood and he grabbed it by the beard, so someone had to stand up and say no. You are not going to take this generation. You are not going to take this time. Don't, I don't care how much ground you've taken. It's irrelevant. I'm taking this ground back. Yes. Amen. You are not, not in my lifetime. Not while I'm here are you going to prevail. And that's what we're looking at building up to. Amen. So <clears throat> if we move over to 2 Samuel chapter 8, you can see all of David's conquests here. It's very interesting. So chapter 8 verse 1, and see he finally, the finally, this Philistines were now subdued. Not completely, but obviously to a point. And then um, verse 3, the king of Zobah, he defeats the Syrians. Um, you continue coming down. Now, <coughs> Edom even he defeats in, um, no, I think, hold on. 
Um, where's Edom? Edom is in verse 14. He put garrisons in Edom. So he defeated them as well. Moab, that was the one where he measured off a line. Two got killed and one got saved. So all of these victories, and you read there's the Philistines, the people of Ammon, the, um, uh, the people from Amalek, the, uh, who's it? Uh, King of Zorba, Moab, Edom, all of these nations he defeated. There were some serious battles going on and some serious, and he'd, 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 he'd hit, the, he'd hit the, the Philistines a whole lot of times. There was a whole lot of victory. And even after this, or just before this, you see he then makes a covenant, or God makes a covenant with him, let me say. God approaches him and says, listen, I want your throne going to be, and your house going to be enduring for generations. It's going to be continuous. So a lot has happened. And, he, and then obviously verse 10, there's some kindness he shows, is 9. Verse 10, he takes on the... The, <coughs> the Amorites and the Syrians. Now, ver- sorry, chapter 10. He takes on the, the Amorites and the Syrians, defeats them completely. They are now crushed. So it's, om- it's almost there's no one really to defeat except for the Philistines, I mean, as recorded here. Now we reach chapter 11, 2 Samuel chapter 11. We see we have a problem. David and, David and Bathsheba. Now, <coughs> it's, a, it's a problem because until now David had been winning my guess is I mean I don't know but my guess is what probably happened I mean you God's approached you himself made a covenant with you I mean you've dealt with Moab you've dealt with Ammon you finally subdued the Philistines not completely because they come back but at least at that time there was peace you you dealt with Amalek which were you know maybe still some giants which were kind of around there people of Zorba the Syrians I mean you know who else was there left and I think maybe you were thinking you know what Maybe we've, maybe we've got, because it even says in that, let me read it, um, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go to battle. So I'm sure you've heard this before. He should have been doing something else. That's the summary. He shouldn't have been at home. Look, walking over his house, you know, looking at, you know, oh, wow, what's, what else is around? You know, let's, let's have a look. at. He should have been fighting. He stepped out of what he should have been doing. That was the problem. Probably, I mean, I don't know, but maybe some pride settled in. He was like, you know what? I've, uh, I've got, you know, I've, uh, the army can just go. You know what? I mean, I've, I've made some, you know, who is there still to defeat? Who is there still to take on? Some pride settled in and then everything came crashing down. So he should, in the time when kings go to battle, he should have been going, he should have been a king. He's a king and he wasn't at battle. He was standing at home, you know, looking out of his roof. He had no business <laughs> looking at him. He should have been looking out over the battlefield. Amen. And then even when he found out whose who's roof was next door, I mean, it was his friend. It was his friend. He knew who it was. So uh, anyway, but I guess, yeah, so, so it's a problem. But what I wanted to see is, <clears throat> all of us are going to be winning lots of battles. Yes. We are, it's, that's a given. That's what I'm saying. It really is a given. Yeah. It, it's a, in this church, if you, are, if you are part of you know, what God is, you're going to be winning battles. It's not even a question. It is a given. Amen. We need to be watchful. Amen. Amen. We need to be watchful. Like, it just, it does something on the inside of me because he hadn't finished yet. He hadn't finished his purpose. He had, the Philistines weren't defeated. There were still other things that needed to be done. And you see, he steps off purpose. He steps off course. And now you see the results that happen after that. So once we are winning, once we're victorious, once we get on top, which is where we are going, you can never stop checking yourself. Never stop. It's it's sort of similar to the, I think it's Jude 19, to him who is able to keep you from falling. 
So, or I guess, and it says in Romans, um, he who stands, take heed lest he fall. So you need to keep, as you are winning victories, you need to keep checking yourself. Where's my heart at? Where's my attitude? Is any of this stuff, you know, going past where it should? Maybe it should be staying at heart level. If it's going to head level, it's a problem. Amen? Is the, we're going to have victories. I mean, someone's got to control the wealth of the nations. Amen? And obviously at the moment, a lot of it sits in the hands of maybe another kingdom. So someone's got to control it. So therefore, those who obviously are of the kingdom of God should be controlling it. But when we start getting to that point, what is it going to do? Are you still this, going to be the same person? You know, are you going to, because that's where we're going, ladies and gentlemen. We, yeah. The future is g- glorious, more than any of us. Re- it is so bright. I was going to say you need sunglasses, but like, but really, like it really, but that just sounded terrible. So I decided just to say it under my breath. But okay, so, but it is so bright, like it, it's so bright and it's so glorious for every one of us. Every one of us will be commanding things that, you know what, no one in our community, our family, you know, have ever dreamed of. That's where we are going. Truly. I mean, that's because that's what, that's what, someone has to command this stuff, isn't it? Yeah. And someone has to command this stuff. So, you might as well take it all away from darkness. But once we get there, we need to start being watchful. Even before that. You see, one, one, you see once, once you start rising, the more you rise, the more, um, the, the bigger the consequences of your decisions. That's what it boils down to. The higher you rise, the more fallout there is. Because there's more behind you. You've done more. You've become, there are more people below you. There are more nations below you. There's, there, there's more. So the further you go, the bigger the consequences. But, but the thing is, even a, wrong, even a wrong decision, which you know is wrong, not like, oh, I made it by mistake, but even a wrong decision, which you know is wrong, at the beginning can still disqualify you. So it's not to say, oh, well, I can just carry on with, you know, one, two, three, because I haven't arrived yet. Look at Esau. The guy hadn't started. He disqualified himself before he started. He didn't step in. So the decisions you make can disqualify you at any point. David didn't get disqualified. He repented. But we're going to look at the results now. And the results were quite, uh, they just upset me. That's all. They're not not so great. Amen? So we've got to keep what, you've got to keep watching over your heart. As you are winning victories, as you are defeating the enemy, as you are gaining ground, as you are winning battles, you have to keep watching your heart. Amen. Otherwise, the consequences can be disastrous. Where we are going is glorious. The outcome is magnificent. But there's, a way, there's, a, there's an attitude we have to keep on having. Otherwise, we're going to get into trouble. Because it's interesting. If you, if you read, so <coughs> you've got Second Samuel. I think it's from verse 5. He finally gets anointed king. So, and you see everything he did as king. But even if we take it from verse 1, and then we, we go up to verse... 11, I'm sorry, um, chapter. It's from chapter 1 to chapter 9, chapter 10. Chapter 10 is still a battle. Chapter 11, we now see David and Bathsheba happens. Now, there's almost nothing mentioned in battle, about battle, all the way until chapter 20. All I'm saying is, I'm sure he could have done more. I'm sure it's possible that things could have been a little bit different. Amen? Amen. 
It wouldn't have had, like, there's some more, maybe more he could have put in place. I don't know. All I'm saying is, if 10 chapters are talking about all this other stuff which could have been avoided, maybe then if that stuff wasn't there, you could have been doing something else. Amen? So if you look at this very quickly, let's just do a quick scan through it. So obviously, verse 11, uh, chapter 11, David and Bathsheba. And then um, the the first child dies in chapter 12. Solomon is born in, also in chapter 12. Nathan tells him that the sword will never depart from his from his family um so yeah he's forgiven him but the sword will never depart so then now what happens is chapter 13 the one brother rapes the sister and then we go over to 14 into 13 and then still in 13 that that same brother of the sister now kills that brother so you've got one sister which is i guess in distress one dead brother another fleeing brother he's now running because he killed his other brother this is this is his family because of one decision we have to be serious about decisions we make. We have to be serious about Even if we haven't got a family, it, it can affect your family that's still coming up. We really have to be serious about the decisions we make. So, and then he finally returns to Jerusalem, uh, chapter 14. Chapter 15, he now, he now turns the whole nation against David. I think it's in... Um, uh, chapter 2 Samuel chapter 15 verse 6 he said he stole the hearts of Israel so he worked for four years my Bible says 40 but I don't think it was that long because I mean David only ruled for 40 years so it's probably about four years so four years because it says either four or 40 but as I say David it says David was king for 40 years so I don't think Absalom could have done this for 40 years so but it was so let's say four but anyway so it was a long time he stole the hearts of the nation and now he st- he 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 I guess he committed treason. He went up against the king. His own household. Amen. This is his own household. David's own household. So he went up against them. And obviously he drove David. They all were, they all were hiding. They were gone into the wilderness. And you know, then things eventually obviously turned around. But I mean, a lot, a lot was lost. One son is already gone. Absalom dies. That's another son gone. Another sister. It doesn't say how she was doing, but I guess it's, well, I mean, maybe she was in a good place. But we don't know. So the family clearly wasn't doing so well. Um, uh, Ahithophel, Ahithophel, who was his major counselor, if you read in the end of chapter 16, verse 23, it says his counsel was like the oracle of God. Imagine having that person advising you. It's like, Pastor Eric said it before, it's like when he speaks, God speaks. It's like literally, it is like a word from heaven. He was that, it was just such a grace on his life and he was given to David. He joined the opposition. So, yeah, David prayed and his counsel got frustrated, but... But he lost that counselor because the guy went and committed suicide after that. So, I mean, you know, you've got two sons, you've got a, you've got a, you've got a daughter, you've got a, you're like a counselor. This guy is not a joke. I mean, Ahithophel, he's not a, I mean, this is, his counsel was like, you couldn't, it's almost like it says in Proverbs, like wisdom is better than rubies and gold and and it's better than anything else because you can't get that. And this was because of the decision he made. This is because he got to a position where he was winning battles and I guess maybe his heart got exalted. Amen. So um, then obviously Absalom eventually, eventually comes back. Well, they eventually defeat him and then Job kills him. So that's his brother's dead. I mean, his another son is dead. Returns to Jerusalem. Um, and we're now still coming in chapter 20. Then there's a rebellion that happens straight afterwards. Sheba now decides I guess he takes opportunity. That may or may not have happened. Uh, we don't know but it certainly he took an opportunity over something that had just closed so he just dealt with one re- rebellion this other guy rises up it may not have happened we're still in chapter 20 and we're not seeing any more battles from chapter 11 
So anyway, all I'm saying is the decisions we make are, are, are very important. And then we see, obviously, as we, as we close in 21, in 21, he avenges the Gibeonites. <coughs> and then in 20, 22, it's, it's his, his deliverance. So what am I saying? We need, to, we need to move from personal meeting personal needs. So that's the first level of breakthrough. And it's so far from where God wants to take us. Just do yourself a, a favor. And just read from that point in the Bible. It's so far from where God wants to take us. Number one. Number two, we've got to be looking at how we can use that anointing we've got for battle to liberate our generation. That's what we need to be doing. We've got to look far past our personal, our personal, so far past, because, because it's almost an injustice to what God has given you. It's not you being disobedient, it's just an injustice because He's given you so much more. <laughs> you, so it lets you, you know, stand before God one day. That's my heart. Well done. Not only well done, my good and faithful servant, but everything I gave you that was at your disposal, you utilized. Because once you get to eternity, you can't. And then it's just, yeah, then all it does is sits there. So looking at how we can take this battle further, breaking through then our communities, our cities, our nations, and liberating our generation. That's what we need to be doing. Looking at the Philistines of our generation saying, not while I'm here. I will not allow you. I will not take, I, you will be defeated. No matter how many times, well, no, you will be defeated. I'm going to defeat you and I'm gonna, my name is going to go down in history. As a result, whether it's the, this history or heaven's history, it doesn't matter. But that's, the second one is obviously the most important. Exactly. Amen. So that's what we're looking at. And then you'll see um, in closing, in, 20, in chapter, the end of 21, in 22, David sings his, his song of deliverance. And it's very interesting. So 22, 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. <coughs> then David spoke to the Lord the words of the song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So obviously something that was from the past, but it's just interesting where this is placed. Because if you look at the end of 2 Samuel 21, sorry, I'm doing a, a very big Bible skip, but I guess if you write it down, you can have a look. 2 Samuel 21, if you read from 15 right down to 22, those were where the last, the, the, the other four Philistine giants got destroyed. All Goliath's other brothers, that's where they got dealt with. So there's nothing mentioned about the Philistines. So chapter 8, we see them subdued. Chapter 22, the last four giants are, 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 um, de are dealt with. And then, uh, so 21. And then 22, it's the song of, the, the Bible puts the song of deliverance because God has delivered him from all his enemies. So you, oh, I know what it says to me. You decide what it says to you. For me, it looks like everyone is defeated. Amen. One Philistine giant, done. The the, then, okay, the second one and the third one, done. Fourth one, done. Fifth one, done. And then, then there's suddenly there's something which is also in Psalms about God, you have delivered me from all my enemies. That was the turnaround point of that generation. That was, now is, now, you see, here's the exciting part. Now Israel could go on and do exactly what God wanted it to do. Now Solomon could step in and literally make this thing global. I guess it was global already because there weren't any more enemies. But, but Solomon couldn't have come in unless David did what he did. There's, a, there's, a, there's something else God wants to do after us. There's something God wants to usher in. But this generation has to be liberated. There's some, there's some, there's some, there's some kings and some, some, some Philistines which have to be defeated before the era of... I mean, Solomon's era was wonderful for God's people, wasn't it? I mean, you go and read. It was... It was more than any of us have ever imagined. I guess you could say the closest thing to maybe even heaven on earth for that time. 
I mean, it was, you know, silver was like the dust. Gold was like dust as well. It says in one point. I mean, gold is like dust. Everyone was like, oh, you got gold. So what? <laughs> okay, what should I do with my gold? Well, I, you know, I've just got no more space. So I'm going to have to build another house to put more gold. You know, like that's the level they were at. So, but it has to be, there had to be some battles in order to usher that in. David did what he needed to do. He kept pushing until he liberated his generation. Once his generation is liberated, God ushered in the next season of what he wanted to do in the world. And essentially for us, what he wanted to do on earth. And you know what? The result was glorious. But the exciting thing is we will be part of that. We will be the ones who facilitated that ushering in, who cleared everything. And God, you know, what you want to do, you can come in. You can come in now. We've cleared whatever needs to be. Every enemy has been dealt with. We've cleared whatever needs to be cleared. And that's what I want us to aim of. Oh, amen much higher than our personal needs, aiming towards God, delivering communities, cities, nations, continents, delivering ultimately our generation. Whatever that is, fighting against our generation, realizing we have what it takes to take them. Amen. I'm going to read one more. Just going to read one thing before we close. So I've already said it, but let me read it anyway. So <clears throat> if you defeat a major entity for your generation, you can have peace for 25 years, or let's, let me say for, for one generation. This is a comment Pastor Eric made, or part of this. And why do I say that? Because just like David defeated everyone around, Solomon benefited for an entire generation. Why? It took them that long to recover. That's what we are fighting for. We are fighting for the next generation, for the peace of the next generation, to deliver this generation. I mean, how glorious is that? And it doesn't matter who you are, how old you are. It, it, it's all irrelevant. It's got to do with the God that you, what's on the inside. We are battling to literally deliver an entire generation. And when that's done, the ones that come after us will have peace for at least one generation. If they carry on, obviously, you know, living out the principles they should, it'll extend a lot longer. But the thing is, once you've defeated or you've finished every enemy, it takes them a while to, risk, to, to, you know, to, to get back up again. Can we do that? Can we be those people that deliver our generation? Amen. That look past, that deal, that break through, absolutely sort out our personal needs, but take care, deal with the, the, um, the strong men of our generation. Amen. We will go down in history. And for eternity, this will be our story. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We magnify you. I want us just to pray. Let's pray and let's command every, let's speak into every generational, every, every generational strongman. Amen. Let's take, let's take our place. Let's stand and let's pray. Father, we bless you. <coughs> Every generational strong man we take on in the name of Jesus. Father God, we declare this generation will be liberated. This generation will be turned around. There will be a change in this generation. Father, we will move past our personal needs. We will move past where we are. Father, we will, we will get on our knees and we will liberate this generation. We will get on our knees. We will break through and we will transform this generation. We will change this generation. My God and my King, we are believing you for this generation. We are trusting you for this generation. Father God, we want you to usher in the kingdom of God. We want you to usher, my God, the kingdom in its fullness. We want to defeat every enemy. We want to defeat every opposition, my God. We want to fight every battle, my God. We want to be delivered. We want to deliver whatever needs to be delivered. We want to deliver whoever needs to be delivered, my God and my King. We want, to, we want generational victories, Father God. 
Father God, we want generational strong men to shake because we are here. We want generational strong men, Father God, to be displaced because we are here. Father, we want to turn around in our generation. We want to see the challenges of our generation. Father God, we want to see the, the pains of our generation, the sorrows of our generation changed, my God, because we get on our knees, because we wrestle, because we fight, because we war, because, my God, we break through, because we defeat every opposition. Father, every generational strong man will come down. Every generational strong man, Father God, will be opposed in the name of Jesus. You will raise us to take every one of them on. Father God, you will raise us to liberate this generation. Father, we magnify you. Thank you for a liberation of this generation. Thank you for a turn. My God, thank you for every generational strong man being defeated. Father, thank you for every generational Philistine. Every Philistine in this generation. My God. Thank you for them being defeated. Thank you for anointing each one of us to step into battle, to take that step, to take each one of them down. My God and my King, every generational Philistine will be defeated. Every generational Philistine will be defeated, my God. Lord God, you strengthen us for battle. Our, our hands for war, our fingers for battle. Even us, you strengthen us for battle. Thank you for every generational strong man coming down. Every generational entity, every generational opposition entity, my God, coming down. Father, we worship you. <clears throat> Father, we glorify you. Father, we magnify you. Thank you, Father God, for each one of us breaking through in the air of our personal needs, our personal context, what's around us, and then taking on bigger things, taking on glorious things, taking on things which matter to this generation, taking on things that have to do with this generation. Father, let the grace be released today for everyone to be delivered, to, to be delivered in the air of their personal needs, for a turnaround, for a change, my God, for a shift. For a breakthrough, let there be a breakthrough in every person's life, in their personal context, Father God. Let them fight, let them war, let them be victorious. Father, we bless you. Thank you for a turnaround. Thank you for a grace. Father, we honor you. We magnify you. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www dot every nation midrand dot org